I'd also like to say, Arsenal might be one of the only teams in the entire Premier League that actually needs someone to explain exactly WTF is going on every (laughs) single week. Alright, welcome to the latest edition, special edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Wiebe. Brian Chesko. Gentlemen, this is a very special podcast. Uh, Brian, you and I have something in common. You might be the only person I know who loves breakfast cereal more than I do. I love breakfast cereal. (laughs) in the past, I didn't realize you were that big of a fan. Oh, I could eat breakfast cereal at any time of any day. Yeah. It doesn't I love, matter. I love cereal, but I don't know if I. I mean, look, Brian could give me the cereal history of many of the cereals. Listen, there have been many Are, a day in my lifetime when cereal has been all three meals of my day. <laughs> Come on, that's not I'm bad. not kidding. That's not bad. I'm Some not people kidding. might think that's something that that's like poor, but it's not. That's a rich man's meal. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's what I'd say. But, Brian, there's a point in bringing up breakfast cereal. Okay, I'm with you. Off air, I have often referred to our podcast as Captain Crunch's Crunchberry Cereal. Okay. Now, go with me on this. All right. If that's true, then this podcast episode that you are listening to right now is the version of that that has only the berries. Yeah, all all berries. All All crunchberries. That's exactly right. Because today, without any Premier League matches this past weekend, what we're doing this week is we are going to give you only the fun segments that we do as we discuss the Premier League matches and give them our FPL analysis. Yeah, well, because over the over the history of our pod, we've developed segments because if we don't, otherwise things just stay boring, and who wants that, right? Right. I mean, anyone can just be boring. That's right. So we come up with segments that we think are funny. Doesn't really matter if anyone else thinks they are. Yeah, we try or, to entertain. important. That's right, that's right. Sometimes right? they actually have good data in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So mm-hmm. those segments just don't happen. No. Like, you... You know, we actually uh, sometimes sometimes they actually just do happen by themselves. Actually. Sure, but usually there's some kind of origin story. To usually, them. yes. And we have new listeners all the time, and so we decided to do an all berries version of our podcast and explain the origin of some of these things. So that way, as you continue to listen into the future, yep. you understand what it is that we're talking about when we're talking about more than just the ten matches of the past week. Yep. So that's what we're going to do today. But before we get into that, you want to get a bowl of cereal? I kind of do now. Yeah. I absolutely I did. tell you, the wife went to the store the other day, and we got a bunch of organic cereals. None of them are any good. Okay. Not just, so. just throwing that out there, but we do have milk, and if we need to crunch down on some, we can do it. Oh, no. The temptation's gone. But, okay. Dave, I do need to address you for a minute okay, as we sure. get started. Uh, as you know, we try to uh, put out a family-friendly podcast. Yes. And, oh. uh, and that includes uh, sometimes having to uh, do a little uh, squeaky toy yeah, sound sure. effect over, over the top of some of the language that we use. That, that's right. We want, it, we want it's this minor, podcast. It's minor language, most of it in joking fun, but we want to keep it family friendly. That's right. That's right. We want kids to be able to listen to our podcast with their parents who all play FPL together. That, that's absolutely. Just like parents want to be able to take kids to their uh, favorite club's matches every once in a while, even yep. though some of them you certainly can't these days this is true anyway last week's pod we we had some squeaky toy sound effect over some some various words throughout our podcast yeah but towards the end of our show Mm. there was one that was missed 
Quite yep. honestly, it probably would have required us to put the explicit label on our episode. <laughs> it, it, that sounds right. I'm, of course, referring to the word... Yes. Which I hope you just squeaky toyed again. S-word. S-word because... I like the- it better when people have to guess. Okay, well... Well, but anyway. Right, fair fair enough. enough. So, anyway, I just wanted to say that uh, we know that happened. If you yeah. happen to listen to about 70 minutes in, and I know that nobody does, but if you we, happen to be the two... We, we'll have many listeners now that <laughs> are skipping ahead to the 70th minute. Just like you do when you watch Premier yeah, League matches, man, right? Yeah, man, sometimes you make mistakes. No, and, yeah, and, uh, it happens. I, man, I missed it. I missed it. And uh, so, I don't know. I, I apologize to anyone if, if a child or anyone else was offended. And or if you were offended, and I know Scott, Scott gave me a, a, a text like, uh, Dave, I'm going to kill you. And that's not that's not true. true. No. Uh, but he did make me aware of it, and I'm like, oh, I just had this sinking feeling. And like, I hate missing things like that. Luckily, we're not at the point where my family and friends listen to our podcast, or else they'd be surprised <laughs> sure, at what I said. Sure, because sure. when there's a squeaky toy, I can just say, "What? It, it was a joke. Like right. it was. There was no real words. I, I, it was silence. It was uh, supposed it was to be funny. Unnecessary censorship. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Thank you, or Jimmy Kimmel. Potentially your employer. That's true, too. The the bigger issue. Hey, I think that we need to move on now from this conversation. (laughs) So let's get into the All Berries portion of our podcast, shall we? We're going to go through. We have 11 segments that we do on a recurring basis. Some we use more than others. Some you maybe hear uh, pretty frequently, and some maybe you haven't heard in a while or at all, depending on how long you've been listening to us. But we're going to go through the origins of all of them and probably give you, oh, just for fun, we're going to do the segment as well for the most part. So are we ready to do this, guys? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. On to the segments. On to the segments. Look at you. Yeah. We're going to begin with an Arsenal moment. Now, this is the part of the podcast where we turn things over to Dave, because as you all know, if you've listened to even just one episode of our podcast, you know that Dave is an Arsenal fan. That oh, is his favorite Homer. Club. You might as well just call me Homer. And when our podcast began, we couldn't get Dave to stop talking about Arsenal, and so we decided that we would give him a small corner of the podcast episode and let it be his Arsenal moment, so he could just share what he needs to share. And over time, it sort of evolved into a recurring open letter to his club. Oh, man, I haven't written one in a while, and and I'll get into that. But Dave, would you like to take a moment as we uh, begin here just to talk about your club? I know you want to. You've got I, something you have to say. I would be honored. All right. Excellent. I would be honored. Here's my Arsenal moment for this pod. Dear Arsenal, it's been down times recently, and that's why I haven't written in a while. I've been a little discouraged. The transfer window did seem to brighten my spirits, which was nice. But then after a few results, I was back feeling down again. All that being said, I do believe the rest of the season will be very exciting. There are multiple things that can be looked forward to. Scott, I know I'm not supposed to end a sentence with a preposition. Oh well. <laughs> so, hey, save that for the, for the Scott letter. Oh, okay. The Scott moment. That's so good. Number one, the schedule after this week. It's very nice. And I know it's a long shot for the top four. But it could happen. Crazier things. Number two. I'm excited to see the team finish strong with your new signings. Big things are on the horizon. Bigly things. Number three. You can still win the League Cup 
and Europa League, and both are worth fighting for. Scott, I ended another sentence with a preposition. Yes, you did. Sue me. You can do it, dude. So as I wrap up this down and up letter with my emotions ranging from a goal-scoring Hyunming Sun to a Raheem Sterling miss sitter pounding the ground like a two-year-old, <laughs> I'm hoping to forget the beginning of this season and only remember the good things this short future holds for us. Please tell Giroux and his perfect beard that I miss him. Wish Santi Cazorla well. Take care. I will be watching. On TV. Not like a stalker. There we go. That's my Arsenal moment for the for the day. Are you going to say what the Arsenal moment is? Scott already went into that. Weren't you listening? Nothing says quality <laughs> fantasy soccer podcast quite like taking three to five minutes every single episode to let someone talk only about Arsenal. It's true. <laughs> so true. <laughs> it is no secret that the Arsenal moment in all of our podcasts is my only chance to get a little shut-eye. <laughs> <laughs> I would also like to say Arsenal might be one of the only teams in the entire Premier League that actually needs someone to explain exactly Ugh. WTF is going on every single week. Seriously. So it I might be more necessary it. than, oh, that's so good. than yeah. we think. No, that's, that's very true. Anyway. Never, never seems to be a lack of drama around that club, that's does it, true. Brian? That's no. true. Of all the teams that's, that that can have a moment, one of them is definitely Arsenal. I don't know, though. Once Carlo Ancelotti takes over, it might get kind of boring. <laughs> what do you think of that, Dave? Yoki Low, I want to see some some finger sniffs. Okay. <laughs> more picks, more, more picks, more sniffs. More picks, more sniffs. Absolutely. <laughs> That'll be Arsenal's slogan next year. <laughs> oh, man. That would be a great signing for them. I, I, listen, there's a chance. All right, we'll see. We move on now to uh, another segment uh, that we, well, we called it the Seamus Curse, but Brian recently decided he was going to evolve into something else. Brian, take it away. Yeah, so we, uh, we have, one of our segments that was a favorite there for a while was the, it was just the Seamus Coleman Curse. Yeah. That's all it really was, and the, the, the idea of it was... Well, if I'm not mistaken, it started in a, in an episode from the fall of 2016. Mm, uh, po- points are points. If you want to go back and, yeah. and, oh, okay. and, and download it, um, it was it was in response to a one-one Everton Swansea draw, in which Seamus Coleman scored the tying goal, and I, I went back and listened to it. The recording lays it out all for everyone to hear. I was fake mad about Everton messing up Bob Bradley's early start oh, at Swansea. Yeah. And so when they conceded the goal, it made Bob Bradley look kind of bad because they had been shipping a lot of goals, and, and I was a little sore about it is and all. You, you said curse ye shame. And so you? the way I decided to take out my anger was it was not the best. <laughs> <laughs> so... I can look back at my immaturity now and SMH like anyone else out there. Shake my head. Yes, I get, I get Everyone that knows what I get that oh, yeah, sure. There's no explanation. You know what they say about explaining the joke. It's true. Uh, it just so happened that Irish curses are entertaining. And so from that time on, pretty much any time Seamus did anything, which was often yeah. before he broke his leg, 
I threw an Irish curse into the podcast and I directed it at Seamus Coleman. Uh, the first one was a good one. Curse ye Seamus. May the devil cut off your head and make a day's work of your neck. <laughs> it's good. And then from like there it, it progressed to others. Curse ye Seamus. May, be, may your obituary be written in weasel's piss. <laughs> I forgot that one. May the cat eat you and may the devil eat the cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the, I mean, the idea was not in any way, I want to be clear, completely and totally clear. I I am vindicated even in that first time because I said very clearly, I like Seamus Coleman. (laughs) He is very good. Hey, listen, nothing overrules the power of a curse. And Brian. we I also want to be clear too, we are neither warlocks nor dark <laughs> sorcerers of any kind. We do not wish ill towards Seamus Coleman. Because I would say that because when he of course after he broke his leg, first we amended it to be the Neil Taylor curse. Right. Oh. Curse yeah. ye may the Lamb of God stir his hoof through the roof of heaven and kick you in the arse down to hell. <laughs> Yes, those were, that's my exact words. You yeah. got me on. Was my that's me yeah, talking back there. Freaking fun, Neil Taylor broke broke Seamus Coleman's leg, which was terrible. So then we amended it when he played for the U twenty threes for Everton's U twenty threes. We turned it back into we turned it into Seamus Bless. blessing. Yeah. yeah. So which is, blessings are all fun and good and and better. Blessings and we want Seamus to succeed. Either way. It's likely we're not going to have a Seamus curse again unless he does something evil mm. on the pitch, I would imagine, just because we're all rooting for him. Somebody else, though, that's Irish could could get a curse. Could be the recipient of a curse. Yeah, that's yeah. that's not out of the question. Anyway, that's like the Seamus, that was the Seamus, Seamus Coleman curse. I like the open-ended blessing. nature of that. I've, I had forgotten why it started. And it, I mean, him talking about when Bob Bradley was the manager at yeah, Swans, so obviously yeah. the American, we wanted him to succeed. And he didn't, and uh, I, I completely remember it now. You know who scored Swansea's goal in that game? Of course you do. Uh, Gomez probably. No. Oh, Andre Ayew. No, jeez. Alfie Moss. Better. No, Leroy Fur. No, better. Guilty. Yes, guilty. There it is. Gilfie. It only took us. It was supposed to be a very happy time. Guilty scored. Swansea was going to win, and then Seamus. You, I mean, it. come on. I named like five Swans, like. Instantly. It's impressive. Yeah. And he's didn't and none of them were Federico Fernandez. Yeah. <laughs> Very impressive. He's a defender. All right. Next segment is uh, Scott's stat of the day. And I feel kind of bad talking about this one Why? because I kind of feel like now that I think about it, I stole this from Brother Matt. A little bit. Yeah. Uh and Brother Matt, um, you're right. You might have lost a segment actually, but at some point. Like brother Matt used to send us send us mm-hmm. in like a weekly Slack. stat. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, he was like super stat guy for a while, and That's like right. he would cr- usually crush a stat, and, and we felt typically they're pertinent for the information we're talking about. So we yeah. we would put it in. That's right. And it was. And now it's time for brother Matt's stat of the day. And I guess you're right, Scott. It has morphed into Scott's stat of the day. For Scott's stat of the day, because I can create one when I want to, and we don't have to wait for Brother Matt. Now, to be clear, <laughs> Brother Matt is is two things. Yeah, he's your brother, Dave. This is fact, and he is 
probably the person who's listened to us the longest. I would uh, guess yeah. that's true. Yep. Number and, and he before Andrew the ref, he was the only other interview we've ever had. That's on the pod. true. Loyalty, that's true. true loyalty. That's true. Yep. That's we owe him right. a T-shirt probably. probably. The stat of the day though is just fun, just to find a weird number, a statistic to throw out there that just supplements something that we do with a match. There's nothing super crazy about its origin, other than it came from Brother Matt originally. That's true. Uh, and so, in honor of Brother Matt, I'm going to insert a stat of the day, a Scott okay. stat of the day here into this pod. And it's the number three. Okay. Three represents the number of yellow cards given for diving mm. since 2015-16 season. Wow. There are two gentlemen who have received three yellow cards for simulation. Any guesses as to who so one of those is that, two is that like be? one a season? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. For diving mm-hmm. at, at any point on the field, yeah. uh, Delhi. Delhi Ali is the yeah. first of the two. Okay. That is correct. You'll never get the second. But he is someone we talk about a lot in our pod. Zaha. Wow. That's exactly right. Wow, I got it. (laughs) All right. I I would not have gone to Zaha. Zaha falls easily. So I'm I'm a little surprised that he actually gets penalized for it because I think he does get... He's one of the most fouls. He gets a lot of fouls. But he goes down easy, and so I'm, also, not, I'm not surprised by that, but I'm, it makes me sad about he, that. He also gets fouled in the box, right? I mean, he gets taken down in the box yeah, a lot. Yeah, all the time. And like that's why Milivojevic gets so many pens. So That's Ben Teke's job now. But I don't ever <laughs> hardly remember him diving. So that's, no. that's surprising to me. Yeah. So that's I would the, not have guessed that's, him. That, that's the incredible stat of this day is is three players, three, three, three. players receiving three cards for diving yeah that's, that's great yeah i love that stuff thanks brian i yeah, hate that it's that. delhi and zaha but well i like that it's delhi i knew i, I knew that was coming i don't like that it's zaha yeah. so the, the the leader <laughs> the club president and that club is the the, oh, the delhi haters hate, fan club the that's delhi me. haters fan that's club. totally me club president scott weeby <laughs> i wear that badge proudly <laughs> Moving on, we're going to go back to you, Brian. Okay. We have another fun uh, fun segment that we haven't been able to do very often lately. Okay. Namely because he hasn't played in the Premier League since no. the first year we did our podcast. No, that always, that'll hurt your, well, that'll hurt your segment. Or I remember specifically in the couple pods coming up um, to the start of the season, we discussed this when we talked about, uh, you know, typically we'll do the, the club histories. As right, promoted the, club. The promoted yep. club. So we were doing Newcastle, yep. and I was specifically remember referencing being excited for Jack Colback coming into the league. That's right. Uh, that but wasn't he hasn't to be. played much. He's not even there now. I know. Well, Transfer loaned out, I think, in the January window. Yeah, that's true. Ryan, uh, so the segment that we do, uh, or did at least, uh, was known as the Colback Fact. And I will not hesitate whatsoever to bring it back at at, at any, any point, if there's some way to include Jack Colback sure. into the well, well, I could have done it today, but <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. All the Jack Colback fact was it was all I can say about it really is that at some point, either I by myself or everyone on this podcast, because I asked them to. We started to fancy Jack Colback a little more than might be natural or acceptable. <laughs> uh, at times, I 
we'll have to say the callback fact segment did actually include actual it did include actual facts i think the first one did uh but mostly it was a chance for us to make up a falsehood about jack Colback <laughs> or his family ryan wasn't the first fact what wasn't that one fact that was true something about how many yellow cards he'd received yeah so well the segment <laughs> yeah, the first right, one of the call. first ones that i f- could find which is, was tricky uh it's basically was our suggestion, among other things, that he was named for Ray Charles, uh, the singer. <laughs> his name is Jack Raymond Colback. And so I, the That's fake right. fact was that his middle name, Ray, came from Ray Charles because wow. Ray Charles wrote Hit the Road Jack. <laughs> That's amazing. It's so fake. <laughs> it's an obvious lie. No one in their right mind would believe that, least of all Jack Colback. But we, but we said it as though fact. Uh, and that was one of the Jack Colback facts. All the other facts were similar to that. Yeah. I remember us talking about him avoiding red cards because he was red haired. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. right. It had something to do with like he, he, he wanted. He, he only wanted yellows. yellows. <laughs> yeah, he only he wanted to get, get as close to like his true reds. self as he as yeah. he could. Oh, yeah, sure. It. Really, it was just a way, like you said, Scott. It was just a way for us to make sure we kept consistent track of the old yellow card sheriff's legendary yellow card accumulation. <laughs> Excellent. Well, any- so that was the so that was the whole point of Jack Colback fact, and now that he's gone, we just remember it fondly. And it's true. If for whatever reason you have a hankering for going back and listening to two or three year old information, Jack Colback facts are sprinkled in there in our old podcast. Brian, since you're the one who's listened to our past episodes the most, yeah, how do we sound? Have we improved at all over the last couple of years? Yeah, there are things about it that have stayed <laughs> similar. There are things about it that have definitely improved. Okay, I good. can't say that there's anything worse. Except maybe length of podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> However, yeah. that's just a consequence, I think, of 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 uh, time. And Being good experience. at what we do, you mean? I Mastering guess, yes. our craft, and, and also getting great at this. <laughs> so yeah, I think we sound. It's it's interesting to go back and listen to your old self. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Excellent. Moving on. Yes. Thank you, Brian. We move on to the. Honorary, meaningless, fantasy, half point. Yeah. And I'm sitting here trying to remember the very first half point I gave out. And I think it was for a story about Tottenham. Specifically, some old lady who was a lifelong Spurs fan and ended up getting invited onto the pitch post-match by Harry Kane. This was something like 18 months ago. But I remember I used to do this thing when I researched for the pod where I would just do Google searches of every Premier League club before we did an episode just to see what the the big news stories were. Yeah, sure. And in my Tottenham search, there was one for this lady. And I thought, that's a really cool story. I want to talk about that. Sure. And so I was like, how can I do that? And I made up the fantasy half point. Right, sure. Giving one to Harry Kane for inviting this lady uh, on you know into the into into White Hart Lane post match and letting her kind of take a walk around the pitch and all this cool stuff. Anyway, he doesn't need the half points. He's getting enough real points by himself. Technically, yes. But uh, anyway, that was where the uh, fantasy half point started. That's good. Well, it's always, that's yeah, good of Harris Kane to do something nice for the community is to yeah, and earn honestly, a fantasy half point. That's where it's kind of continued to stay even to this day. If someone does something that isn't fantasy relevant, but I like it, yeah, I will want to talk about it and just give them an honorary but meaningless half point. Yeah, no, I think it's great. In fact, that's actually led Brian to be inspired into creating, as of last week, a mm. fantasy minus half hey, point. Hey, Hesse deserved to lose a half point. 
Look, we, I don't know how many times that might reappear. Sure. I don't want to. I don't know that we'll make no, no, it a I recurring know. segment. Uh, we try to take away points from lots of people, but uh, no, I felt like the fantasy half point has gone to on the pitch performance. It's gone to. Yeah. It's gone to Off the feel pitch, good stories good from That's fans right. and yep. relationship between people and and the community and i feel like it's always been something that's a it's a good addition well i have a very special and cynical fantasy half point to give out tonight oh and it's gonna go to one alan pardue okay are you sure you want to do this this a minus half point or a positive half point it's going to be a positive half point because quite seriously is this because of the taxi incident quite seriously no one could do a better job of, ser- of figuring out how to F up something so badly. <laughs> like Alan Pardew. Okay. All right, great. Yes, I am referring to the taxi incident. Okay. Four West Brom players, four starting West Brom players, deciding to steal a taxi in Barcelona during their warm weather training excursion. All the Ubers were, were full that day. Sure, all sure. The, all the taxi cabs were busy. Yeah. Gareth Barry was on the list. Johnny Evans. I was going to say, people. I thought I saw Johnny Evans in the picture. Crazy. Those are two potential LRDs. And listen, they should not be stealing taxis. Gareth McCauley is almost 40. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, you should I, know better than to steal a taxi if you're almost 40. I don't understand. Anyways. What's especially funny about this story is uh, two things, aside from the taxi, even. Number one, apparently they were there for several days and only practiced for three hours the entire time they were there. Sounds like a, just a chance to get away. I mean, sounds like they just wanted a party weekend. Yeah, I mean, you're right, because they have absolutely nothing to work on on the pitch. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, of course They're not. doing great. <laughs> Jake Livermore and Boaz Myhill, by the way, are the other two guys, just for uh, reporting purposes. Uh, the other thing is, apparently Alan Pardue... Sad sack of a man had his wallet and phone stolen in a bar while he was at Barcelona as well. Things could not get worse for this guy. And so for that reason, I want to lift his spirits, somewhat cynically, by giving him an honorary but meaningless fantasy half point. Got you. I'm with you now. I I get it. Alan Pardue, seriously, just give up. Dave, one of my favorite segments is going over to you next. Sure. And that is the Cameron Jerome... Wasteful Player of the Week Award. Now, I know we have Norwich fans who listen to our pod. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they love slash hate the fact that we have a segment that comes up quite often in our pod called the Cameron Jerome Wasteful Player of the Week Award. I feel like if there's one consistent segment that is on almost every podcast, it's this segment. It's true. So, listen, as we began our podcast journey, it, it became very apparent that we needed a segment that addressed wasteful players, particularly ones in front of goal. So we we did originally create a Wasteful Player of the Week award. That's right. Now, at the time, it did not have the Cameron Jerome attached to it. I'm getting to that. So then in 2015, 2016, we were introduced to a player from the Norwich City Canaries named Cameron Jerome. Also known as Norwich. Continue. (laughs) Norwich, thank you. My Americanism is coming out. And what we noticed with this Wasteful Player of the Week segment is that Cameron Jerome was beginning to win this award (laughs) with a significant amount of frequency. That's so true. So near the end of the season, we decided to name this weekly segment after him because it just seemed too perfect. That's right. Well, much to our dismay, Norwich got 
relegated that season. Cameron Jerome left the Premier League, but that didn't stop us from honoring him with keeping his name on the award. Oh, That's right. a high honor. Yes, Absolutely. it's extremely high honor. There have it, been many people who have fought for this honor over uh, the years. Yes. And they have not dethroned Cameron Jerome. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, 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 listen. And there's there's a few stats here. I, I dug and and thanks Squawka.com for giving me uh, helping me out with 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 these stats. And I'm gonna briefly. I'm, I'm not gonna try to drown you in numbers, but in in 2015, 2016, mm-hmm. Cameron Jerome played 34 games for Norwich. Okay. okay? Uh, in that, uh, Squawka gives you a performance score that rates rates you. It gives you an assessed point uh, value. On goal scored, shot accuracy, pass accuracy, duels won, defensive actions, defensive errors, and discipline. Okay, so it really kind of covers a good spectrum for defensive and offensive players. So it, you know, yeah. And then it gives you a score. So in 34 games that he was with them, he was ranked last on the team with a performance <laughs> score of a minus 108. Wow! Yes. I kid you not. Now this year. What's so amazing, and it, credit to him. He's doing great this year. Cred, if being ranked 350th in the championship is doing great this year, then oh, Brian, I, th- I thought you means, were setting. I thought you were setting this up for him to have like this stunning turnaround. Yeah, I was no, hoping that you know, no, it was going to be what, good news. What That's I was not, going to say okay. is this. What's so fascinating is somehow he is able, credit to him, to keep a <laughs> job. Because oh, that's where your credit. He continues. <laughs> <laughs> he continues to not be good. Listen, he's played twenty games this season for Norwich. Now he just got sold in January to, to Derby, Derby County. Derby okay, County, yep. but in the twenty games that he played for Norwich, he is ranked three hundred and fiftieth in the championship. Now listen, if you just kind of give twenty five players. To each of the teams in the championship, I believe there's 24 teams in the championship. That's that's 600 players. Okay, okay. all right. So, it, but and again, I'm I maybe throwing 25. That number might not be that. I big. mean, only 11 start any match, so 25 that's exactly is a right. high number. So if you 11 times 24, not great at math, but it's probably closer to 250 you know, to you 200. You call 18 to a squad, so, so say 20. So bottom line is, even if you just go with starters, Less he, than 500. he started 20 games up until wow. he got sold. And in those 20 games, he ranked 350th. Which is one of the worst starters in the entire league. Absolutely. Wow. No, no, no. He is the worst starter <laughs> in the league. Yes. Okay? So, but oh. what, anyways, to polish that off, he's played five games for Derby County. Okay, so which that's probably all the games that they've played since the January transfer window closed, right? Since he got sold. <laughs> Bless his heart. He's ranked 25th out of 25 players in Derby oh, County. Dar- Darby County. Darby County. Continue. God bless me. That's okay, Norwich. Anyways. <laughs> Cameron Jerome. Well, Bottom line, Cameron Jerome is continuing and, to Cameron Jerome. And I can say, oh, I can so add good. to this as well. I know, you know, he, we said like he passed the, or failed the eye test. That's right. Uh, that entire season, but the the thing that solidified it was at the by the end of 2015-2016 season, uh, he uh, the the stat that that finished him off for this for us what solidified it was uh, out of every player in the league that had ten or more what they what were called clear cut chances yeah 
Cameron Jerome converted just two out of 12. <laughs> 16.7%, which was the worst of any player to have 10 or more clear-cut chances on, on the season. So it's not because we, again, like similar to Seamus, it's not that we wish ill on the man. No, but had we're just doing stats. It had everything to do with what was uh, what seemed to be obvious on the on the pitch. Scott's eyes told him up, that. Yes, backed right? up by hard, cold, hard facts. And we can stats. get whatever we want wrong in the future but we saw something we gave the man an award for that something we named it after him and the numbers show <laughs> that that was the best decision we have ever made yeah, on this podcast it, it, it's very interesting you say we don't know what we're doing i show you the cameron drone waves will play the week award because and it that, will continue and, and oh, whoever, into big perpetuity. misses big misses will earn you that prestige absolutely absolutely we move on to the next segment which is the unofficial incomplete club history yeah and mm -hmm. i love these because <clears throat> number one i always learn something and uh that's hard to do and um no no that sounds weird because that makes it sound like i know everything i actually know nothing i love to learn things because i don't know much <laughs> yeah uh and then uh but it's but it's always uh about promoted clubs Usually that's right. Typically, yeah, that's right. Typically. We, we've done pretty much the bottom half of the table and any club that's been promoted to the Premier League over the last couple of seasons since we've started this segment. Uh, especially during the summer as we lead into a new season, we use this to discuss promoted clubs. And quite honestly, we do this for us. You said it's for you, Dave, but yeah, it's sure. for me too. I mean, yeah. we are still at our core. We acknowledge we are three Americans who are still toddlers when it comes to the Premier League. Yep. This is not the sport we were born with. We were born with three or four other this sports. This is true. We have, we have been adopted into the Premier League as adults, and that's sometimes uh, an awkward thing. I mean, the word soccer is in our podcast title. We yeah. understand um, that that might turn some people off. But at the same time, we are learning. We are trying. We try to use the right words. We're trying to teach Dave the right way to say all the club's <laughs> names. Yeah. These are things we're working on. We're a work in progress. Hey, listen, with my pronunciation, I could might as well just work for uh, the NBC. <laughs> That's true. You yeah, good call. So we, I, I, I basically do this research, and I'm not going to give away my secret research sure. methods, but don't, basically don't I just cherry pick what I want to about a club's history, the yeah. things about their past, and I, I give them up all at once in this unofficial, incomplete club history. And then I end it every time with a limerick that I write, uh, usually trying to appease Dave's desire for dirty language, mm -hmm. yes. and, but yet still balancing that with Brian's desire to keep this a friend, no, I, family friendly I pod. usually fake demand filth. Yes, mm, that's but true. I, I'm not actually looking for that, just to be clear. I think he's okay. just doing that to cover, cover himself. Fair enough. Yeah. So for this week's show, now that I've explained this, I want to do a club that we have not done before, and that's Southampton. Okay. A mainstay, you know, the last several years in yeah. the Premier League. Again, I ask, are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> I am. Okay. I'm really excited about okay. this. <laughs> so let me give you some fun facts in this incomplete, unofficial club history of Southampton FC. First of all, they were not always known as Southampton FC. Learned that. When they were formed back in 1885. Wow, what history. They were known as St. Mary's Church of England Young Men's Association. 
Wow. It's like a title that would not end. Holy smokes. No, St. Mary's YMA for short. Yes, they are a church club. They were formed out of a church initially. Very interesting, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Their main rivals are a club they don't get to play very often anymore because their rivals aren't any good anymore, and that is Portsmouth. It is known as the South Coast Derby when those two clubs play. I love those rivalries. It's unfortunate we don't get to see them. Yeah, all the that's time. true. But both towns are in the south of England and they're port towns, and therefore, you know, it just geographically makes yeah. sense. They've won one major trophy in their history, just one. Hmm. They've come close recently. Uh, been in uh, an FA Cup final, I believe, last year. Was it League Cup finals? One of the two cups they were in the final for. I think it was League Cup. It was not the FA Cup. Might have been the League Cup. If only I had done a complete club history. Sure, sure. <laughs> the one major trophy... It is called the incomplete That's club right. history. On purpose, I leave stuff out. The one trophy that they've won, a major trophy, was the FA Cup back in 1976. Their hmm. one claim to fame, claim to victory. Now, some interesting things uh, when you fast forward a little bit. When you get to... And and this is some of the, you know, the, the surly, the... The uh, the part the steamy parts of the club's past mm. the parts they don't necessarily want you to know about. Please tell me there's going to be some form <laughs> of an appearance from my favorite, the provisional liquidator. Yes, absolutely, Dave. Yes. In 1999 and 2000, their manager was Dave Jones. That season, Davy Jones, the monkey. Uh no. Oh, the man. Yeah. But uh, I'm glad you know that, Dave. During that season. <laughs> He was accused, formally accused, of abusing children two decades prior while he worked at a children's home. Uh. He quit to concentrate on that court case and was found not guilty. Oh. Oh. But yet it was too late. His managerial career at Southampton was ruined as a result of this Mm. situation. Southampton spent 27 years in the top flight of England. They were actually a founding member of the Premier League when the Premier League began in 1992. But 12 years later, they found themselves relegated. 2004, 2005, they went down to the second tier. And in order to avoid administration, because they were in some financial turmoil due to the relegation they suffered from, they had to sell their two biggest blue-chip prospects at that time. One of them was Kenwin Jones, someone that we're familiar with as CONCACAF followers. Man, so even back then they started selling their best players to Liverpool. Continue. Well, the second guy they had to sell, and this guy they sold to Tottenham Hotspur, it was one young Gareth Bale. Oh, wow. wow. Sold him to make a little bit of money. Man, he came to their academy, too. He started at Southampton, yes, sir. Wow. Now, a few years later in 2009, they went into administration anyway. Dropped down to the third level of English football, and uh, things did not look good. Guess who their manager was when that happened? Gosh. Uh, Sam Allardyce. Nope. Um, Big clue. He's been discussed on this very podcast already. Alan Pardew? Yes, that's oh, right. Man. Alan Pardew. Well, you can only guess like eight names. <laughs> that's true. Harry Redknapp, Sam Allardyce. Um, Crystal Palace, man. What's the current Crystal yes, Palace? Yes, I can't think. I'm picturing his Roy face. Hodgson. Roy, Roy Hodgson. Yeah. yeah, there's a couple of Kevin Keegan. Uh, anyway, so... Are you going to edit when we say, who's that man? What man is that? Yeah, I think we'll leave that in. That Let's section. leave that in. Okay. 
Uh, it's been an interesting managerial journey. We went from Alan Pardue to Nigel Adkins to Mauricio Pochettino. Yep, I remember, remember this. he was yep. there. He he was there in the you know most recent uh, upswing here that they've had in the Premier League, and then Ronald Koeman, your favorite. Yep, and then now they have Mauricio Pellegrino. Hey, the youngest player to ever play for them. This is another interesting fact that we Americans would enjoy. Hmm. The youngest player to ever play for them. He was ja- sixteen. James Ward Press. No, better. Hmm. Theo Walcott. Oh yeah, that's right. I, you know what I sh- I. Sh- I should have known. Yeah, should have known. Now, this is just an interesting thing. I'm going back to the 40s for this one. Uh, the Saints were briefly forced to play at Portsmouth's ground during World War II. They're, they're local rivals. They had to play on Portsmouth, Portsmouth's pitch for a while because a bomb landed on their own pitch as a result of the war. We just don't have an appreciation for living in a world where you have to worry about bombs dropping on you That's anymore. True. I mean, it's That's just, true. at least in this part of the world, thankful yeah. for that. That's right. Just thought that was fascinating. Just, that's it. That's all there is to it. They obviously, that, that was back when they played at the Dell. Now they play at St. Mary's Stadium in an homage to their history. All right. So those are all the fun facts I have about Southampton. I'd like to give you my limerick now. Very nice. I like that. Oh, boy. All right. Buckle up, kids. Or parents, earmuffs. You've been warned. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of it. Okay, thank you. I'll take care of it. Like last week? <clears throat> yes. Okay. Here I go. The Saints are a church club through and through. Their history includes Gareth Bale. Who knew? There's administration, of course, and their academies of force. Too bad they've been stained by <laughs> Alan Pardue. <laughs> Oh, you better get that one, Dave. Oh, I will. I hope you got that one. Oh, yeah. That's excellent. Well done. Well, That's done. the Southampton Saints, you ladies and gentlemen. You truly have, have uh, developed into quite the limerician. Hmm. Didn't, uh, didn't, wasn't there one about, doesn't Chelsea have a graveyard next to there? Yes, I forgot we did Chelsea. That, yeah. I think that's the only top six club we've done to this point. Yeah. I yeah, think, and, and I there's do like remember a walk. That, I remember that fact. Yeah, there's a trail through there. Is like through a trail there of to tears the walk or something. <laughs> I don't no, think it's not, called Trail of Tears, not. but yes, there. Uh, Br- uh, Brampton, Brompton Cemetery, Brompton Cemetery. Yeah, the trail. I think. I think, the, I I think that. The, was there a pod named that? I think that was I the think name of the pod. Did. You know what we could do? Go back and listen to yeah, it some we, other time. We don't, we don't have time for that. We got to move on to the next. Yeah, segment. yeah, yeah. And that is probably everyone's favorite. It is time. Yeah. For us to discuss how to say is your favorite with Brian J. It, it's my favorite because it requires Brian typically to do a lot of work. That's true. <laughs> it's true. It but, does. <laughs> so, especially because we get the easy parts typically in picking the name. Listen I mean, and laugh. I know how to say the how to say segment itself is pretty self-explanatory. The idea is that some players have names that appear to be difficult to say for various reasons, and we pretend to have the linguistic expertise to tell you how to say those names. <laughs> Not necessarily players. We've done some non, non-players, non but, but people affiliated with right with the club. Yeah, the meanest one I think we made you do was, was Lester's Lester. owner. Lester's owner, yeah. yeah Vichai. Uh, <laughs> he throws it out there yeah, like, rem- like, like he talked to him I, rem- I remember that. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, I believe the first how to say... Involved Kevin Vimmer. 
I think. I thought I you were going to say different Kevin. Yeah. I don't think so. I think that was later. Huh. Because you're... Well, my so spat with Arlo. When, when Kevin first signed with Spurs a couple seasons ago, uh, Scott, you, you I believe it was where it started because you said you, you, the English announcers were saying it a little bit differently. It was just, I think it, it was a really short segment, which must be nice. I just would like to say, ah, <laughs> uh, innocence. How fondly we reminisce of the days when we felt the need to look into the pronunciation of a name like Vimmer. <laughs> little, yep. little did it you was, know. It was educational. Where that segment was. It was go. educational enough, I guess, but not really like must listen as sure. segments go. I don't. I don't think it was. I guess it was fine. So what really propelled how to say into a segment that only you guys look forward to? Is that Dave? You decided. To, Dave decided to take his personal hatred of the NBC pronunciation guide to Twitter, and argued with Lee Dixon. Right. That about the pronunciation of, of Kevin DeBrona. Right. And what what started Kevin DeBrona, as he is commonly referred yeah, to by, what by start, everyone. What started the whole thing was was NBC was always saying DeBrona, and we did too until you did the segment, and I'll never forget you played for us. Before we recorded the podcast that morning, yeah, you played for us a video of Kevin DeBrona himself saying his own name. Yeah, and he said Kevin DeBrona. Yeah, I, mean, it was I remember very, it was, specifically this. And like, yeah. so then to hear every single time he's on TV, they go DeBrona, 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 and I just want to bang my head yeah, against the wall. You're still mad about it. Uh yeah. So, which is why this is like. World War One trench warfare like yes. struggle between Dave then and by extension our podcast and yes. the NBC pronunciation guide, which I think, if I remember right, was referenced even in that exchange. That yep. The pronunciation guide. That's, we go by the the NBC pronunciation guide. He, he fell did, on that. He technically he just, did yeah, not he, say I was wrong. Right. But he said we are told to go by the this. He actually took a picture of the page with his name on it and the That's pronunciation right. yeah. on it. So obviously so all the announcers can be uniform across right. the NBC platforms. So that's what that's what really, you know, that's where I think it kind of took off, but beyond that, at some point within the first 20 podcasts or so, you guys took pleasure in finding either African players from all <laughs> of the French speaking countries, <laughs> yep, there, yeah. or even better Scandinavian uh, players who had no fewer than two J's in either their given <laughs> or surname. Yes, we did a the, few of those. Which is there, why there was if like you, a goalkeeper. From which like is why, Palace, well, if like you, a third if, level goalkeeper. If you look at our pronunciation guide on our website That's fantasysoccerfc.com right. and you wonder why you wonder something like why would they bother telling people how to pronounce Brees JJ <laughs> Pierre Emile Hoybier or Florent Hatterjonai <laughs> that's <laughs> that's your reason yeah so yeah. the how to say segment long running yeah from the earliest days <laughs> earliest days of the podcast and uh and and a real thorn in my side. My favorite one ever, still, Scott Dam. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Which is also on our website. Yeah. In the alternative pronunciation anyway. guide. And so by the way, well, just well to explain done, well some done. of those names, just to explain some of those names, are not the result of any kind of fantasy relevance. It's it's us looking at those names and saying what. 
Well, so usually, but usually, even if it's for one week, if if a player with a wild name scores or has an assist, Bryce J J J. Yeah, we can't say that about him. No, yeah. no. No, no, no. By the way, I also want to give a quick shout out, not that he's listening, but a quick shout out to Derek Ray. He's the one who says the Flemish pronunciation when he calls oh, matches. Great. And that was where I started asking the question, wait a minute, which pronunciation of De, De Brauna is right? Yeah, and, and, and then it also, I mean, a couple of the biggest discrepancies, because some of these names you never hear because the players don't play, but De Brauna and Kolasinach. Oh man, Brian! Now, that's are, one. Are the two nails? That is one that I will. I would gladly. I would. I would die on the the Kolashinets. The Kolashinets, absolutely. I, I I understand the peer pressure there is at this point to continue <laughs> to say Kevin De Bruyne because right. it's so common. It's the prevalent pronunciation, whether it's right or not. Yeah, and I think it would take he himself teaching a class on his name pronunciation for anyone to change it. Right. However. There are plenty of we have plenty of instances, in, including recently. I think Jenk Tosun is a big one because Senk or or, or yeah, Senk Tosun, Tosun is what Tosun. people say right. most of the time. Yeah, Sead Kolasinac is the other big one. So yeah. anyway, very good. Thank you, Brian. Kolasinac, it's not Kolasinac. Yeah, let's, let's end I'm, it on the. I'm correct. saying it wrong on purpose. I got you, Roger. That. The next segment is a quick one. Uh, it is the manager quote of the week. You know, managers are just so cute. They just always say the darndest things. They do. Usually in the heat of the post-match moment. I know the episode where you said the first one. Tell me about it, because I don't remember. Oh. Well, I only know what it's called and the date of it. Okay. we It's on there as a new segment. It's from episode Training Room Delta from February 9th. Of last year? Interesting. So we just passed the one-year anniversary of the manager quote of the week. Wow. It's just something where when managers say weird things, I mean, quite honestly, probably if we had stats for such things, the guy who's one of the most is probably Sean Dyche, just because he has these weird, wacky things that he says, not yeah, because... Like Mourinho's been quoted a few times, too. Oh, for sure. Pep, Pep a couple of times. You know, you know, Conti. I mean, these guys, I mean, we have such characters. That's the part of the beauty and the fun of the Premier League is the is the managers themselves. I mean, quite honestly, if I wanted to name this after somebody, we should name it after Louis van Gaal. Yeah, yep. for sure. I was just about to say, I'm looking at you and I'm thinking to myself, because I have no idea what you're about to say. And I'm like, <laughs> it better be van Gaal because <laughs> no one was better than him. I mean, our, our league is still named in his honor. What is this as, world twisted? As far as I'm concerned, it will never not be named for either <laughs> in what for world we live That's or right. what is this world twisted. <laughs> From That's the right. Wayne Rooney uh, boxing, uh, fake boxing incident from, yeah. oh, from a few years ago. Fantastic. Still a good video. Yep. Well, I did find a manager who said uh, something that, that people found uh, fascinating during this midweek. Oh. And, uh, and that was a, a quote from Jurgen Klopp. Uh, his, his club and he are off on some uh, excursion, well, West Brom training. style. That's right. That's right. Uh, since they've been they've been out of the FA Cup now Hopefully for a couple not of rounds. Stealing taxis? I don't think so. Hasn't made the news yet. Sure. But uh, Jurgen said the following uh, during his press one of his press conferences uh, earlier this week. He said, "It's really hard in the moment to make the squad." Now, time out. This is the result of Dom Solanke and Regner Klavan not being named to the Champions League squad. He just we Liverpool didn't have enough 
slots available for those guys to be included in the squad for the knockout rounds. And so he's being asked about that, and he says, it's really hard in the moment to make the squad. Wow, I've never had a situation like that with the quality of the players not being in the squad. So he says this, and that doesn't seem like that big of a deal, right? But Liverpool fans have kind of taken umbrage with those words. Mm. Pointing out, for instance, that you know we're one injury away at the forward position from having to play a Chelsea backup, Dominic Solanke. Or... You know, the fact that, you know, one defender goes down all of a sudden now, you know, this Ragnar Klavan's got to come back into the lineup. Uh, don't even get started with the goalkeeper situation. Oh. For more on that in a little bit. So anyway, there's, there's been more some, about that. Uh, well, it's going to be part of our uh, one of our upcoming segments. Okay. We still have to talk about. Anyway, a lot of people are saying, yeah, there's not really a lot of depth. I mean, basically, the only guy on the bench that can come in and make any kind of impact right now is Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain who yeah. was just signed in January. Right. So, anyway, people are taking offense at that. And so, for, for that, you know, he gets the manager quarter of the week. There you Thanks. go. Look at you, Jurgen. All right, Brian. This is also a long-running uh, segment of our show. Uh, and we always turn things over to Brian at the end of our pod to give us an injury roundup. Howdy, partners. It's the injury roundup. <laughs> yeah! Because that's always relevant to what we're trying to do with our FPL lineups and so brian talk to us about the injury roundup we want to do this right now right now you want to talk about injuries right now you mm-hmm. don't want to make it the very last thing we do not this in, time in honor of what we usually do nah well th- there are some huge names so let's just stick with the huge names this time uh it's not he's not been relevant here for a little bit because of a big injury but jermaine defoe according to the bournemouth echo Defoe traveled with the team for training in Portugal. Eddie Howe saying, there will be no rest. This is a training camp. And adding, it will be good to have Jermaine with us. We're looking forward to getting him back. So he went there with the team to train. He's still it's still on track for by probably the end of this month. You assume he'll be back. If he's, he's going to go to training, he should be back soon. I think the Callum Wilson no rotation... Uh, attacking front for for Bournemouth is uh, going to end here soon, is, I would guess. Is Jermaine Defoe the biggest uh, bust of the season in terms of new signings from the summer? Uh, I feel like he never fully got healthy. I know he didn't start as good as he wanted to, but was that his fault or was it... He had his chances and never was but relevant. How, I mean... He sort of has been sort of like an ageless wonder. I'm assuming he's at least probably 34, 35. If there's only a way we could probably look that up, I just think there's. I just, I just think for him, it's it. It seems like he never. They never really found a way to fit him in consistently and successfully. They seem to love him. They obviously still love him now. They want him to be part of the team. I think they like that he's. You know that he's still. That he's there. I feel like he's a, he's I, I a just, good LRD. He's a, I just feel like he had, yeah. I mean, he's a, and he's a pro, and he's a great, and he seems like a really great guy. Yeah. So I just think that's. I mean, it's just, it's just for stretch for strategy going forward. Anyone, I mean, Callum Wilson was as hot as anyone there for a while. His price is up significantly. I'm just saying, I think this is something that probably not. I mean, I, I I'm guessing they'll want him back in the mix. I. I mean, it's a little early, but I, for my buy sell, I, 
That's, uh, that's what I'm selling. I'm selling is, Callum Wilson. Jermaine Defoe is 35. Yeah. You're right on the money. Yeah, and, and it just seems like at some point age has got to catch up to him. Yeah, but if you're born with him and you just sign this guy, he had a couple of really good years with Sunderland. Yeah, 33. Yeah. I mean, but but it, age catches up really quick, man, when you sure. get to be 35. I mean, how but, many other 35-year-olds are there in the league? There aren't sure, many. Sure, but when Bournemouth signed him, we all said, oh, that's a good signing. Yeah. He yeah. had such that's a, a good, good He had such a good season with Sunderland. Hardly missed a match, if at all. Had that's a really why, good goal scoring. That's right. Season last season, a, one of the shocking uh, low dollar guys last year, and and seemed really like a, a natural thing for them, and it just hasn't worked. And that's why I just think he's probably the biggest bust yeah. of the season. Maybe I'm, I'm trying to think of others, uh, and I can't. Dave, no. not to go back into an Arsenal moment here, but we have to because. Two of your guys, uh, obviously the news this week for Alexander Lacazette. Boo! Not great. Uh, a keyhole surgery, as I saw several places referred to it, uh, on his left knee. I'm guessing that's it's some sort of a scope. Yeah, it's just a <clears throat> scope. Uh, out four to five, maybe six weeks, four to five weeks. Looks like he could be ready for, uh, I saw at least one place saying, by West Ham. Or Manchester United, but that's in the, towards the middle of April. Uh, he's in rehab. He's doing stuff now. I don't know. It must have been why he missed those chances it, he had in Spurs match. And it could be just that's because it. of the spacing of, of matches too. You know, there's not many significant matches. You know, there's you know in the next month. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Ramsey's the other one, Dave. Uh, according to the Telegraph, a major injury doubt. For the Carabao Cup final, I Arsenal he was just coming back. Arsenal was hoping to have him, and his they were hoping to have him and his strained groin back for the yeah. Carabao Cup final. But say, but they say, Arsenal has said his progress has been disappointingly gradual. Mm. The way they put it. Raise your hand if you're surprised oh. <laughs> you by that. Here we go. <laughs> uh, I think everybody, I, I, I felt this way uh, after Manchester United, uh, the last match with Manchester United, Paul Pogba looked sick. And so they're calling his... Sick as in bad sick. Not yes, like as sick in like, like flu sick. And awesome. Uh, that is the official designation for him is that he is... They're unsure at right this moment. Manchester United is unsure of his availability for Sevilla due to illness. Mourinho saying specifically... Paul Pogba, I don't know. Saying Rashford, Herrera, Valencia all have a chance for that match. Can we recover by Wednesday? I think so. Those guys can. Paul Pogba, I don't know. So whether or not there's any kind of rumpus going on between them behind the scenes, we have we I don't know if anyone really knows that except the rumpus. team right now. Either way, uh, Pogba is is iffy. Uh, Phil Jones and Marcus Rojo, we know for sure, also according to at least several places, that they will definitely miss the Sevilla match on Wednesday. Mourinho blaming his inability to rest them in the FA Cup due to some other injury. I think the two big ones uh, for Manchester City, obviously uh, Leroy Sané, everybody was probably... Surprised, but not surprised. If anyone has been listening to this podcast or paying attention anywhere to injuries, um, since we're not really exactly sure what a week is for Pep Guardiola, Pep week could end up being a, a segment, a recurring segment on here. 
Uh, Leroy Sané played the last 30 minutes. Uh, played the last 30 minutes uh, against Basel in the Champions League match. After he was supposedly going to be out for another couple two weeks. months. Yeah, I mean he was the injury initially was thought to be a little bit more long term than this, but uh, he recovered quickly, and so now not on the injury report. Yeah, back in regular training with them, and so you presumably you see him again as soon as they resume uh, Premier League matches. Same with uh, Gabriel Jesus. I can't even believe we're saying this. Gabriel Jesus, according to Manchester City's official website, Gabriel Jesus has a chance to be ready for Arsenal in the Carabao Cup. Yeah, that's really interesting. So we've already said, I think everyone is asking the same question. What exactly does this do to Sergio Aguero's rotation? What does it do? The risk of this is only increasing the healthier that that, uh, Gabriel Jesus gets. I don't think you can do anything until you see it. Until you know for sure that Gabriel Jesus is playing matches again. So if he makes the bench and doesn't play in this match, then I think that's probably a sign you're, you would see him. Uh, I think we're going to be back to what we were doing before, which is basically divination. I think this is like, I think this is going to be like reading tea leaves or chicken bones or whatever else people do for actual witchcraft. Start to try the, to decide who who is going to start which match. At the start of the season, he and Aguero were both starting games. Yeah, and so I don't know if it's going to go back to that because I feel like they haven't played a four four two since they, since Jesus went out. I feel like they had, they went back to a more like a like a a four two three one. Listen. As an Aguero owner, I'm just happy he's not getting disciplinary action for what happened post-match. Is that official? It's official. As of five hours ago, as of the time we were recording, it was five hours ago released. After the loss to the Wigan Lactics. That's the third club you've kind of butchered a bit. That's okay. That's okay. (laughs) Wigan? We'll we'll try again next time. Wigan. 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 Wigan, man. Everton has, uh, we already know, we've talked about Seamus Coleman already on this podcast, but not in relationship to his injury, which he's, that's just muscle and, and match fitness related injury. Uh, they're, they, we know now they are going to lose recent uh, transfer, Eliakim Mangala, uh, possibly for the rest of the season. They're prepping to not have him. That's not a huge fantasy impact necessarily. Can't possibly help the Everton defense, which is leaky again. But uh, Sam Allardyce has talked about Leighton Baines, Phil Jagielka, and Seamus Coleman, all three of them hopefully being available for selection. When those three guys are all healthy again, I don't know what guy from the Everton defense you would even want to look at whatsoever. I would think you can't possibly be confident in owning any of them when these guys are all healthy again. It seems like it's all ready for full rotation again in all positions based on matchups. I don't think I trust mm-hmm. it at all. Uh, Nick Pope owners prepared to probably see Tom Heaton back again. Tom Heaton, as you may have seen, completed 90 minutes uh, playing with um, uh, a training ground match versus Blackpool, uh, which is very positive. On the negative side, he um, conceded a penalty less than a minute into the game mm. and did not save the kick. It was a 1-1 draw. However, Tom Heaton completed 90 minutes in an in a game on a real pitch. 
So wow. I'm guessing you're probably going to see him back soon. Two other big ones. Like most people do, uh, when they get injured, the best place to find out information about them is from some sort of social media feed of their own. That's right. And so Wilfred Zaha is uh, doing what he usually does, showing himself working out, rehabbing his knee, getting ready uh, to come back. Uh, the assumption was he was going to be out for probably a month. And we said, even last week, knowing him, it couldn't, it could be sooner. And also knowing the dire situation of Crystal Palace, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him within the next two or three weeks. So, And then uh, recent, one of the big ones, I think, for people who were jumping on the success after the Liverpool match, Alfie Mawson, uh, had a knee that uh, was described by the BBC as uh, locking up his knee during the warm-up in the FA Cup match against Sheffield. Um, Swansea downplaying the severity of the injury, but they're, but the most they're saying is that he could be fit for the Premier League match versus Brighton. Not highly confident in Alfie Mawson's availability, so you may be looking elsewhere for someone to fill Alfie Mawson's place if you have Frederico Fernandez. Unless you own both. And that's your injury roundup. In case you didn't guess, the idea of the injury roundup is basically it's just a, ru- <laughs> a rundown of all of the injuries, and we called it a roundup because uh, it feels like something that you would do out in the Old yeah. West on a, on a ranch. Oh, yeah. yeah. Herding some cattle. A bunch of, bunch of injuries running around out there. We'll that's get them. Right. We'll gonna, get them for We're going to lasso them straight Listen, into, our, into your minds. Without an injury protocol, that's sort of what we have to do. Yep. That's it. Our final segment to discuss is the buy sell of the week. This is probably the most fantasy relevant uh, segment. Wait, it's are one you we... sure it's the last one? I, yeah. Don't you want to know about John Stones? How did I miss that one? I don't know. Let's do that one right now. Okay, that's why I was asking if you wanted to do injury. But if if huh. anyone, if anyone could forget John Stones' ownership update, it'd be Scott. Because... Yeah, I think he did it on purpose. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think he's he's. How do you want to edit this though? We're going to keep it just like it is. Yeah, Brian, go ahead. Uh, (laughs) So you do want to know about John Stones? John Stones, ownership update. I do. So this was a segment that was very prominent last year. We brought it back a few times this year. Uh, It is called the John Stones ownership update. Brian, do you have a description of this one? Prepared? I sure do. All right, go ahead. Uh, so John Stone's ownership update, as you might guess, has everything to do with how many people own John Stone. <laughs> That's right. So originally, uh, December 8th, 2016, that was the first time we asked the question. It was on our podcast titled, You Win by Winning. You Win by Winning. Mm, yes. <laughs> We're so good at this. Over 20% of FPL managers owned John Stones at that point of the season, despite the fact that he had struggled with injury up to that point and otherwise just generally sucked. I want to say he was something like 75th in defender score. Yes, that's exactly right. And he was less than $5. He had come to Manchester City, so he was a reasonable price. And so a ton of people were assuming, I think even prior to the season, that he was going to be a great no value one key Mm. you're forgetting one key piece of descriptive material what's that what what and he's british oh okay and the obsession with british um center back i i submit to you that that is part of it so 
I suggested in that episode the title of the segment should be simply Why Do People Own John Stones? <laughs> we came shortly after that the Jonathan Stones ownership update in also in Training Room Delta, which is a, a groundbreaking podcast. Landmark yeah. podcast yeah. in our history. <clears throat> I said it was, a little, it was a little more sing-songy in that one. I just could not find when, I, when it turned into a real song. I really yeah. am not sure exactly when that was. It doesn't matter. The whole point is there's been a, a point in time where we have questioned the uh, the the skill of the FPL manager who has John Stones in their lineup. This season it shifted, where it, I think it it's totally, a little bit different, where yeah. I wonder why more people don't have him in their lineup yeah. given his price. It is. It's kind of been a roller coaster, which is. You want to know what his ownership? You want to know what his ownership is right now? At that this fits point, John Stones' profile, by the way. Yeah. At this point, we have to know. Well, John Stones has an ownership update. Are you going to play the? <laughs> I, I already played it. Wonderful. That's such a great song. <laughs> Uh, he is selected total total selection, three point six percent. That is that's a lot. That is shocking. Yes. Now he hasn't played more than nine minutes in the last three matches because sure. of more injuries. But just over two hundred thousand people. I feel like uh, I feel like it's a guy who, you know, we've said that before. Reason, reasonable way into the into the Manchester City defense for a, Assuming long, a lot he's of time playing. this season, right? Assuming you could easily playing. say that people who are paying attention in FPL are not owning John Stones, whereas last year twenty percent and it was consistently above fifteen percent. Yeah, it was well, it was definitely double digits. That a lot had to year. have included people who were paying attention and yeah. still deciding to own him. I guess they were people, Dave, who uh, who like your strategy of owning a defender and then just keeping him on the bench and not doing anything with him. That well, I think that come on, I think, who's starting five defenders? I think that title was taken over this season by Ahmed Hagazi. That's my feeling. Mm. Anyway, Probably. so that was John Stones. That's all the John Stones ownership update was. Very good. Down in the threes. That's very fascinating. Yeah. All right, and then the buy-sell of the week. This is a chance for us to discuss what move we might be making with our free transfer. Yeah, I already alluded to mine, so I'll jump in. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Callum Wilson. Selling Callum Wilson. Okay. He's been cold the last couple weeks. He had a couple good hot weeks, and uh, obviously Jermaine Defoe uh, being healthy, and then the emergence of Stanislas being, Stanislas being healthy, along yeah. with Josh King. It just feels like there's a lot of moving parts and options, and I just don't know, uh, especially with other options out there, cheaper, like my buy, <laughs> which is... Uh, You're going back to your guy, Nias. I am. I Absolutely. I should have never let him go. Umar Nias, uh, probably one of my favorite players in the league. Hmm. Interesting. Because he has one of the best names, and I feel bad for him, all the crap he's had to deal with over the last couple of years and and uh man he's playing his heart out i like it's that it's quite possible that you have owned him not recently obviously but total some total you have owned him for about as many weeks as he's had an everton locker that's very true i'd have to look but you might not be far off mm, interesting that should have been my stat of the day <laughs> yeah that's true too Brian, do you have a buy-sell of the week? I'm having a really tough time with buying and selling this week. This is one of the first weeks where I'm really questioning whether or not to use firm? my transfer at all. You're going to double up next week? Well, I don't know. So, my, so I would say if I had to do it and I had to make the transfer, the transfer I would make is to buy Andy Robertson mm. from Liverpool and sell Charlie Daniels 
I do not trust the Bournemouth defense. And I did a couple weeks ago, just like a lot of people did, and it and they got obliterated. And you know what exactly what getting obliterated by Huddersfield will do to your confidence. What am I doing right now, Brian? You're shaking your head. Yep. Why am I shaking my head? Well, I think it's because I think it's because I bought Charlie Daniel. Yeah, mostly. <laughs> I think mostly that's right. mostly why. And trusted in the Bournemouth defense. No, and I, I, it was mostly just. I mean, it was playing a matchup, and it didn't work out. And so, uh, I really do. I mean, like I said, FPL. Obviously agrees with you, Scott. They like your call on Loris Carius. I think that that extends. I think that can extend. To, there's an, I'm saying that because there's an article about Loris Carius no, and as, I'm a, as a big differential for the rest of the season. I'm giggling because of my buy sell that I'm about to. Uh, no, and I'm saying that because I think that that could extend easy to, easily to Andy Robertson. Andy Robertson being the exact same price as Charlie Daniels. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we just talked about Nick Pope and Tom Heaton. I think there's a I think there's issues there. And the other one, I'm I, the, the, I'm not saying I'm buying all these people. Lucas Fabianski has not gone up in price. He is four point yeah. six. I feel like that is an absolute steal. For a guy who could be a starting goalkeeper for you in a couple of weeks for the rest of the season, yeah, I just I, I'm along shocked with, at along his with price. Swansea captain Frederico Fernandez. Scott continues to poo poo it, but Is, Swansea. Can I say one to... more name? Yeah, a guy who I wish I could have and add to my team, but I'm not going to. Alexis Sanchez. No, Victor Moses. I want huh. Victor Moses, but I cannot figure out get a way to, to do him. it. I can't get to that che- price. Chelsea's defense. But other than playing amazingly today uh, against Barcelona, Chelsea's defense in the Premier League has not looked great. No, they were up anyway, for it today. No, I, yeah, they, they were, were up for, for it today. Sure. But anyhow, I just like the I like the player and I like the schedule. Anyway, my buy sell. Well, I don't know. Uh, will you guys help me with my lineup? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. I know you're my competitors and all. Sure. But in the spirit of our in podcast, the spirit of the podcast and trying to at least have a top. Finish or two spot. Yes. yes, we need yes. it. Okay. So I have three Liverpool players that I'm considering buying. And you have to get rid of one. Nope. I need to figure out which deal to make first. Oh. Do I buy Carius, Virgil, or the aforementioned Andy Robertson? Okay. And the one and the three guys that I'm considering selling. For one of those three, just one. I'm only going to do one, so I need to know which one of the three: Jordan Pickford, Phil Jones, or Nicholas Otamendi. Oh man, I'd like to sell one of those three for one of the three Liverpool players, and I don't know which one to do this week. I mean, my instinct is to right now to say because Everton sucks, Pickford, Pickford, for Carius. Or the other way because, around. Because yeah. how confident are you as a Liverpool fan that that this is real for Carius? That you will not see Simone Mignolet again in some weird rotation or or an occasional well, we just like this matchup better for 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 Mignolet versus right. Carius. I think so there's two answers here. Number one is the fact that Carius played in the Champions League match last week, which is a big deal because they had yeah. been They'd been swapping depending on the competition, and that didn't happen. So that's a big deal. Uh, the second thing, though, is to an- directly answer your question. Uh, I am much less confident 
about Liverpool's performances against bottom half clubs yeah. than I am the fact that Karius is going to start in those matches. I think the reason why I would I would lean towards Karius is because you're not losing anything in schedule from yeah. Everton. Everton's schedule is really good the rest of the season, but so is Liverpool's. I feel like Liverpool's schedule is equally good the this rest is where of I, the way. This is where I tell you who my other goalkeeper is besides Pickford. The aforementioned Wayne Hennessy. Lucas Fabianski. Oh, okay. Well, then you're fine. I think you go um, Robertson for Otamendi. Wow, Dave. Because that's you, a bold move. Because you you will make up 1.6 billion yeah. pounds extra in your pocket. And here are the upcoming fixtures for City at Arsenal, Chelsea, at Stoke, at Everton, United. At Spurs. Now, obviously, the Stoke and Everton's don't scare you, but you got the next four out of the next six are Arsenal, Chelsea, United, and Spurs. And they're already leaking goals. And that's not to mention that they're trying to keep up in Champions League. Yeah. And they had that's not including the other game that they have with Arsenal in the League Cup final. And the FA. Oh wait, never mind that one. Oh, that that was nice. Yeah. I like that. But oh, so anyways, all that, right. That would be my move. Interesting. Despite. And that's even with Phil Jones' knock right now. Yeah, because I I would hold on to him because United always finds a way to get clean sheets. And so that's Phil Jones is, continues to be a steal even if he has to sit a week. All right, we'll see what I'm going to do. Thanks, guys. No problem. Uh, we're at the end. I just want to give honorable mention to a couple things that aren't necessarily segments, but they're kind of long-running and unended jokes that we like to do. Number one is anytime we reference another sport or sports league, uh, we say this is not a – Blank podcast. Yeah. This is, you know, if we say something about the Super Bowl, this is not an American football podcast That's or right. a basketball player. This is not an NBA podcast. Yep. That's just the thing that we do. We're silly guys like that. The other thing is we, we're we fast and loose with the uh, prices of players. Uh, Dave's mention of bedillion pounds just reminded me of this. Sometimes we say dollars. Sometimes we say pounds. Sometimes we say million and billion and bedillion. Um, I know where that started. Oh. It's Holy because smoke. we said, it's because one time we were talking, somehow it came up. Uh, in uh, Dubai dollars, and I think we just and because oh we're so silly, uh, <laughs> I think it turned into the ballers. Something that sounds about right. And now Dave it's has just been as as mangled as everything else usually. Is. I'm sure, Bedillion. Sure, sure, sure. So that's I'm pretty sure that's where it is. I'm not going back to look for that one. I guess I just wanted to find a way during some. I've been waiting for for months, even years, to say that we're not stupid. We know what pounds and dollars are we're just we're just having a little fun i hope we'd get the benefit of the doubt i hope so and i will continue to make up any segment about anything whenever i feel like that's true so it's true so there so there dave uh people can find us anywhere fantasy soccer fc is found that's it facebook hit us up on facebook twitter yep that's right email yeah actually we don't have that email but but okay we do and then and then onto the onto the website (laughs) Uh, as well, fantasysoccerfc.com. Uh, hey, if you, want our, if you want our email, go to our website. Yeah, it's right there. That's right. Hey, listen, for the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time. <laughs>